You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Well, Bucks fans who thought Gerald McCoy was too squeaky clean, you're going to love, love Indomitian Sue. The free agent defensive tackle is finalizing a deal with the Bucks. According to my sources, as Adam Schefter says, what will Sue bring to the Bucks? We'll discuss that and give you some idea where McCoy may be headed. And why did Vernon Hargraves miss practice last week? It's not what Bruce Arians would have you believe. The Rays, meanwhile, fall to the Dodgers 7-3 Tuesday night at the Trop, and it was worse than the score indicates. Since their 14-4 start, the Rays are now 13-14, and they've lost at least six and a half games in the standings. What's gone wrong? We'll tell you what Kevin Cash had to say. We've got all that in a visit from our friend Chris Torello, the anchor at Spectrum Sports 360, on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Burstick. Hey, are you ready for a magical day on the river with the manatees? Well, if so, seven days a week, you can experience the wonder and magical charm of Captain Mike's swimming with the manatees in Crystal River. It's the ultimate family bonding experience. I have done this, folks. This is the time of year to go. The weather is warm. It's 72 degrees up there in Kings Bay. Hey, when you go, uh, make sure that you ask about the $30 Manatee Bronze Tour and be sure to ask about their free offer for active law enforcement officers and U.S. military. It requires a purchase of two silver tickets at a regular price. After that, you're eligible for the free tour. Now, Captain Mike's is the number one customized Manatee Tour company at Kings Bay and Crystal River. Just pure paradise up there. Ask about their pontoon boat rentals their kayak rentals, bicycle rentals, and much more. Book online now at swimmingwiththemanatees.com or you can call 352-777-1796. All right, Steve, well, it didn't take long for the Bucks to find their replacement for Gerald McCoy. We had talked about this a little bit uh, on the podcast yesterday. Uh, Thomas Bassinger actually uh, sort of put this out here as well in the story that I wrote for the Tampa Bay Times, uh, that the Bucks were moving quickly to replace Gerald McCoy with Indomitian Sue, who has been a free agent, of course, with the Rams, played on their Super Bowl team a year ago, uh, really has been on the street since the new league year started in March and uh, you know hasn't really gotten a lot of action, at least uh, anything that, that has come to a conclusion of a, of a contract. Well, it looks as though that the Bucks have uh, are, are on the, in the process of finalizing uh, what will be a one-year deal uh, which is also not a surprise. We heard one year $10 million uh, yesterday. I don't know if that's going to be what the number ends up being, um, but certainly they'll save some money uh, from the $13 million that they owe Gerald McCoy. And Sue now will come in here as a defensive tackle for the Bucks, um, and, of course, Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles. Now, you know, the it, it's an interesting, I mean, interesting juxtaposition, if you will, with these two because – you know, as you remember, in 2010, Sue went number two overall to the Detroit Lions. Of course, Gerald McCoy went number three overall to the Buccaneers. And so they're sort of relitigating, if you will, the 2010 draft. But, uh, 
you know, both are, are, are accomplished players. I mean, Sue has made five Pro Bowls. He was the NFL's defensive rookie of the year uh, that first year when McCoy was having all the injury problems his first two seasons. And so, uh, you know, but what it boils down to is that, you know, this, this timing is, is not coincidental. I mean, I think that the Bucks certainly were well down the road in this contract with Sue before they were to release McCoy. Um, we said it at the time that I don't think they would have done that without having a suitable replacement. And um, this is sort of the way that they wanted to go. On Tuesday, we were at the uh, team's organized team activities where the media is able to talk to Bruce Arians. And it was interesting. Like he had virtually no desire whatsoever to talk about Gerald McCoy. I mean, here's a guy that, you know, I know he put out a statement um, and, you know, McCoy spent nine seasons in Tampa Bay, of course, a, you know, big active uh, advocate in the community and all that. Bruce Arians was done talking about it. He's like, you know what? Uh, I said my statement, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just not going to go there. And well, in some uh, fairness said, though, he never coached Gerald McCoy. No, he did not. He did not. So but, it's, but, it's not like he can sit there and say, oh, man, he was great the last couple no. of years. I mean, you know, he's seen tape and, and you watch it That's from true. afar and you know how good he is but or has right. been. But, you know, he never coached them. So anything he says can almost be viewed as disingenuous kind of. Well, maybe, although, I mean, it was it was almost like a uh, it was almost like a directive, like, don't ask me about Gerald McCoy. I will not talk about him. You know, it was kind of like, OK. And he said, well, look, we've already moved on. Simple as that. I've been through this so many times, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so that's fine. So then um, I got around to asking him about Indomitian Sioux, uh, and this is before Schefter's report, and he said, I can't talk about him. He's not on my team, to which I reminded him, you can talk about him. He's a free agent. I mean, this is not tampering, for God's sakes. And he goes, well, he's a hell of a player, so we'll see. Well, we did see a couple hours later. Um, Adam Schefter again reporting that they were uh, finalizing an agreement on one-year deal. So Indomitian Sue, number 93 in your program, will replace Gerald McCoy. And it'll be interesting to see if they give him number 93, by the way, in Tampa Bay. Um, and, look, you're getting a totally different player. Um, you know, these guys have similar numbers in terms of sacks. Of course, we've talked about this before that – you know, Sue has one and a half more career sacks, but he's played 33 more games. The one thing you can say about Sue is that he's durable. He shows up. He is. He has only missed two games in his career, and he only missed those because he was suspended for stomping on Evan Smith, who happens to be with the Bucks now, but at the time was with the Green Bay Packers. Um, but, you know, he's a guy that uh, whose career, uh, quite frankly, I mean, he was voted uh, at one point the dirtiest player in the NFL. Of course, you remember – um, that incident uh, that he had in 2012 on Thanksgiving Day, um, actually 2011, with uh, Evan Evan Smith, who at the time was Evan Dietrich Smith. Um, the next Thanksgiving, he must have a thing about Thanksgiving. It's not a holiday that he enjoys, I guess. Uh, the next Thanksgiving, he was fined thirty thousand dollars for kicking uh, Matt Schaub, and uh, after he had gone to the ground, he swung his foot up towards Schaub and hit him in the groin. Um, 2013 season opener. Uh, you know, he had an illegal block after an interception on uh, the Viking Center. He was fined $100,000 for that. He was suspended um, for the 2000 and, and at the final game of 2014. He got into an incident where he stepped on Aaron Rodgers, and then they suspended him for the uh, wild card game that Detroit played. Um, and then, you know, eventually he went on to Miami. He signed a $114 million contract with the Dolphins. 
before 2015. And after two games, he'd only had two tackles or something like that. And the stories were in Miami that uh, he disregarded play calls from uh, Kevin Coyle, was freelancing out there at times during a uh, week two loss to the Jaguars. So, you know, he's had these, you know, these incidents, these moments um, where it, it sort of buttressed his reputation of being a dirty player, of being a guy that can be, you know, from a personality standpoint, he's very opposite of McCoy, um, you know, in that, you know, where McCoy is, is you know, very much a, a people person. You know, Sue uh, can be truculent. He, he's, you know, he can be uh, aloof at times. And he has this, you know, this enigmatic personality on, on and off the field. So they're getting a different guy. Um, you know, I think that, you know, Sue's a better player against the run. I would say overall, I think McCoy is a better pass rusher. He's had more sacks the last five seasons. He's got a better get off. He does it, you know, where Gerald does it more with speed. Sue is more of a bull rush guy, does it with power. And, and I'll just say this, like in terms of sacks, I mean, everybody in Tampa Bay, it's you know, not everybody, but a lot of people that are, that are McCoy detractors point to, you know, his sack totals are down. He's had six sacks in each of the last two years, all that. Well, if you look at Ndamukong Sue, he's had four and a half sacks in each of the last two years. And last year, he played next to the defensive player of the year. I mean, he's next to Aaron Donald, who got 20 and a half. So you got to believe they were getting a lot of one-on-ones for Ndamukong Sue. Now, he did play really, really well in the postseason and, and the Super Bowl. So if you look at the tape and you see his last games, you're like, wow, you know, this looks like the player that was taken second overall by the Lions. Um, but it's 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 really interesting, Steve. I think – I really believe this, and we've talked about this a little bit. You talked about, you know, Gerald McCoy fatigue. I don't know if it was Gerald McCoy fatigue as much as Bruce Arians just wants a different type of player. You know, Bruce Arians, um, I think, is a guy that uh, wants a tone setter and and wants a, a, a little bit more nasty – uh, we saw this a year ago, and, and, and I mean, on the offensive side, and when Dirk Cutter was here, when they went and signed Ryan Jensen, you heard that about Ryan Jensen, too. You know, he's a guy that plays with an edge. We've seen Bruce Arians, if you don't have an edge to yourself, he goes out there and manufactures one, like he did with Vernon Hargraves, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, but he wants those edgy guys, and in the case of Sue, he's crossed the line so many times, he's hurt his football teams at times. But this will be Sue's third team in three years. He's back to Florida, of course, where he played, um, you know, in Miami um, just a few years ago. It'll be interesting. I, I, I don't know, you know, that that you can say one is is you know is a better fit than the other. But I think this is really about Bruce Arians and just sort of what he wants uh, from an attitude standpoint, as much as performance. Well, we talked about coaches like to change the culture and set their own yeah. culture. They're changing the culture. Mm-hmm. Now, whether it's a positive, you know, long term, will time will tell, and and we'll see yeah. how you know Indomitian Sue does here. But you know, that's definitely changing your culture. You're taking two polar opposites as far as you know personality and and you know the, the way they're viewed, you know, on and off the field. And you know who else, uh, even as a rookie, got that that sort of that label of being too nice a guy? Vita Vea. Vita Vea. Yeah. Think about who's playing next to him. Now, Vita Vea is going to be here. You know, Sue's got a one-year deal, right? Vita Vea, they think, is going to be a, a, a you know a Pro Bowl type player. That's why you took him. You know, where you did in the first round was like twelfth overall or something like that. And uh, he showed some flashes, especially late in the year when he got his legs under him and all that. 
Bruce Arians thinks he's going to be an every-down player in this 3-4 defense. He'll now play what essentially is the under-tackle position, if you will. Um, you would think that Sue will play nose, although Vea can go outside as well. Um, but I, I think this is a little bit about Vea as well, is in that you know, you've got a guy who's, who has a sort of a calm demeanor. Um, not that he's not a good – he's a really good football player. He does some incredible things. His strength is, is off the chain, uh, and he's got some quickness too. So it's not his game, but the mentality. I think, you know, you're right. They talked about, you know, every coach comes in and says, I'm going to change the culture, right? Well, what does that mean? Well, win some damn games, you'll see the culture change right away. Um, but I do believe that they uh, are choosing, you know, a little, a, little, a little edge, you know, if you will, over, over easygoing, you know. Um, that, that sort of seems to be the selection here. Now, there's a financial component to this, too. I mean, Sue didn't have the leverage that Gerald McCoy has as Gerald is, is getting lots of, uh, of offers, from what I understand, um, and, uh, you know, is a guy that's been with one team. This will be Sue's third team in three years. You know, when, when players get to the end of their careers and, and they're sort of hanging on, you know, um, you see these one-year deals, you see this sort of thing. Uh, and that, that may end up being the case with McCoy, too, as he goes on. But uh, I think that, you know, Sue's been out there for a number of uh, months now. So, you know, it, it's, he's not an unknown commodity. Everybody has, has, has done their work on him, and yet no one had signed him until the Bucks decided to part ways with Joe McCoy. So they get a better salary cap situation. I heard Schefter talk about, uh, uh, you know, sort of how, you know, if you look at you got both Sheck Barrett – and in Damkan Su for the price of Gerald McCoy. So that's sort of what, what you could say. It's a two-for-one-er if you want. Um, they didn't save a lot of money in the salary cap. I mean, if he does a $10 million deal, you're only talking about $3 million. Bucks. But that pays for, you know, your edge rusher that you got from Denver on a one-year deal. So sort of there's a lot of different ways to kind of slice this. But the biggest thing is that, uh, you know, uh, Bruce Arians has his own sort of idea of how he wants his football team to be constructed and 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 sort of the attitude as well that he wants his wants his defense to play with and as does Todd Bowles. I mean Todd Bowles has to be a big part of this, right? Cuz it's his defense and um, he's the guy that's uh, going to be pushing the buttons and and you know I it's going to be I'll say this, uh, good luck trying to run inside against the Bucks next year. Um, because uh, you know uh, for all the the strengths that Sue has, he he can definitely uh, make tackles for losses. And you're get you've got, I don't know, like seven hundred pounds of football player sitting in the middle of your defense that and both those guys can move, uh, and can run and and do some things laterally and penetrate um, on paper. And again, you don't play the game on paper, but if you did, uh, you'd be pretty you'd be pretty happy to start there um, with a guy like Sue and and put him next to Viavea. So um, again. Uh, I you know the, I, I'm surprised, but I'm, I'm not surprised. Sorry, but not sorry of the, of the reaction that a lot of people have had on Twitter with uh, uh, with McCoy. There seems to be sort of a trampling of his career uh, by some people as he as he goes out the door. Um, I personally will tell you that I don't think Sue's a better player. Um, you know, I they're different players. They they they've both been uh, very parallel in terms of their accomplishments. Um, neither one has you know, won a championship. Now Sue is, you know, he's been in the playoffs. He's been in the playoffs. And and of course he played better. I mean, this is the thing, like, like I said, you go and you look at, you look at the postseason last year, 
the plays he made in the Super Bowl and the championship game stuff was pretty impressive. But again, you know, consider who he was with. I mean, he's he's playing next to the best defensive tackle in the game today, and it's stunning to me that he only had four and a half sacks when the other guy's getting 20 and a half, and they're paying all the attention to him. So, um, you know, it, it's, it looked like a big opportunity there went by for Ndamukong Sue. Uh, especially against you know with a, with a Rams team that got up on so many teams that you knew they were in pass downs most of the game, and those those are great opportunities to rush the passer and all that. Obviously, Aaron you know Aaron Donald took advantage of it, but Sue could not from a sack standpoint. So different players, different strengths, but uh, this is this is definitely Bruce Arians' team, and we're finding out more about Bruce Arians all the time and, and sort of what what it is he wants his football team to look like. So speaking of Arians and, and sort of learning some things about him, uh, it was weird. After practice on Tuesday, uh, we approached Vernon Hargraves. Of course, you remember a week ago um, at this time, Hargraves did not practice. Uh, you know, Arians was asked about why he sat out, and he said, well, um, you know, he wasn't mentally prepared to practice. And, and uh, we said, well, what did he do? You know, you're thinking, did he miss a meeting? Like, what was the deal? He goes, uh, well, you have to ask him. Well, he knew we couldn't ask him until this week, and so we did. We got Hargraves after practice, and it turns out he missed the whole week last week. He didn't, you know, he didn't practice in any of the OTAs. They had uh, what three or four of them, and um, this was his first day back in the off-season uh, program with a full squad. Uh, and he said, so we we approached him, and he's like, he kind of almost seemed, he, he kind of laughed about it a little bit, uh, and the, the notion that he maybe was in, um, you know, was in the doghouse of Arians. But what he said was, he goes, hey man, he he didn't tell him. He didn't tell me not to practice. He said that was my decision. That was my choice, which is weird. You know, he wouldn't elaborate on one injury he had. He said it wasn't, you know, the shoulder that had put him on injury reserve um, last year. He said, you know, it was about nothing. He came and talked to me. He said, listen, um, that's my guy because we're on the same page. It was nothing. Just tough love, tough love. You know, just just two weeks ago he was telling me how great I was going to be. And so it's just like a parent. I mean, the good comes with the bad. Like it's nothing, you know. He came, he talked to me. We've talked several times, and um, you know, there'll never be any problem between me and coach. I'm I'm a coach's son, and 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 it was like, well, wait a minute. There had to be, you know, if you if you decided you were not going to practice, that's totally different than saying I didn't let him practice, be, you know, because he wasn't mentally ready. Um, and then when asked about Vernon on Tuesday, he said, "Oh, Vernon looked good. You know, he's healthy." Uh, you know, sort of monitoring how many snaps he gets and that sort of thing. And he was asked about what he said last week. He goes, well, he's never been a problem mentally. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> did, I not, did I not write an entire story about this a week ago? And, 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 Hart, and Arians was the one that said that, that he wasn't mentally ready to practice. There is some weird sort of, uh, I don't know what you would call it, but, but Twilight Zone stuff going on with Arians in these head games that he plays publicly in the media with players um, and then sort of skins it back and, you know, it's like nothing to see here. Like, why don't why are you asking me about this? Very odd. But I think what, what he's trying to do, uh, from what I can tell, and, and I've been told this by other people, is that it's a motivational technique. Um, he's trying to get guys and create more of an edge for certain players, you know, and I think that that's certainly the case with Vernon Hargraves. They want him to be – uh, not comfortable. They want him to be, uh, you know, their their cover corner that uh, they drafted in the first round out of Florida, and somebody who can be a dynamic playmaker. And he's going to play, you know, press cover, and there's not going to be anything complicated about it. Just go out there and use your abilities. 
and uh, but you've got to be edgy. You, know, you need you need some fire. You need to be a little hungry. You need to be um, you know sort of you know, indoctrinated by Arians a little bit. And this is sort of what's going on. So it's interesting to see just sort of what Bruce is about. It's very old school. It's very um, you know it, it you know it's it's calling guys out. You know sort of in front of the squad or or in this case publicly. You know, that, that reminds you of, you know, the tough love where he says, you know, sort of uh, coach them hard and then love them, love them later. And that, that's exactly what, what he seems to be following, which was Bear Bryant's philosophy. And it is very much that, that sort of call out uh, and then hug them up later type, type mentality. So interesting that, uh, that Hargraves had a totally different viewpoint of the situation and, and essentially said, no, he didn't hold me out. I held myself out, you know, and, and of course it's voluntary workouts to boot. So there's no reason why he's not able to do that at this point. So, you know, again, we'll find out more about Arians as we go forward, but, uh, but he is, he is certainly somebody that wants his players to have an edge. And if he can't, if he can't find one, like an Indomitian Sioux, he's going to create one in Vernon Hargraves. All right, Steve, you were out at the Trop uh, as the Rays fell to the Dodgers 7-3. to three. As you said, that's a really good Dodgers team. They jumped out 6 to nothing, and uh, they cruised to an easy win. They put good at-bats after good at-bats after good at-bats together. Mm-hmm. That, is a, that is a tough lineup to face. You know, kind of reminds you of some of those old Yankees and Red Sox lineups where, you know, the reasons the games would take four hours against them is because they're, you know, fouling off pitch after pitch after pitch. The Dodgers tonight mm. putting balls in play where the Rays weren't, hitting against the shift, mm-hmm. um, laying a bunt down when the shift was giving it to you. Mm-hmm. Th- that's just – that's a really good team. And a really good pitcher that was on the mound, Clayton Kershaw, who mm-hmm. had his stuff going. He, he made them look bad uh, for about five or six innings. Rays chipped away a little bit. It was six to three. They had again more defensive lapses. Um, this time, uh, one in the outfield. Um, Avisel Garcia you know. didn't bend down far enough to get a a ball, <laughs> and then uh, Guillermo Heredia, who's backing him up, doesn't do the same thing. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, so the ball gets through both of them. Yeah, yeah. Follow it around. We used to say, "Follow it around, see what it eats." Um, yeah. And, and as you and I, as you and I were texting back and forth, I'm like, "Why, why bother to back up if you're not going to bend over to get the ball?" <laughs> it really doesn't matter at that point. Yeah, unless you can kick it or something. I don't, I don't understand that at all. But um, the defense has been bad. Uh, we talked, we talked about that. This, this happened to be an outfield uh, example. And then, you know, not for nothing, but uh, they got, they crawled back into the game. It was six to three. Uh, they actually left some guys on base. Uh, they got five straight hits in one inning. And, you know, then Kevin Kiermaier comes up um, probably about the seventh, I think, or eighth inning, somewhere in there. And he uh, laces a double to uh, sort of left field, left central, if you were Joe Madden. And, you know, I, I, I like Kevin Kiermaier uh, as a person. Um, he's got great eyes and all that. But, look, he plays hard. He runs really hard. He, 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 everything he does is one speed. Unfortunately, everything he does is one speed. Just he, he tries to stretch this into a triple, and granted, it took a hell of a throw from the outfield and a really good tag on the back of the legs, actually, to get Kiermaier, you know, by, I don't know, the length of an arm or less. And uh, But he gets thrown out at third as the leadoff guy in a game that you trail by three. There's just no, there's no upside to trying to push that there uh, when you're already in scoring position and you're the leadoff batter. 
of the inning. And it's stuff like that. And we've seen the Rays run themselves out of innings now. Holy moly. Can these guys run themselves out of some innings? Yeah, I mean, I like being aggressive and forcing the defense to make a play, which, you know, that's what happened in that situation. But Mm -hmm. in the eighth inning of a game, you're down three runs. You're the leadoff batter. You get on base. You have to make sure you're on base for the next batter. Absolutely. Whether it's first, second, third, because it's not you're not the tying run. You still got to need a couple more runs. You have to make sure you don't make the first out on the base pass when you get that or that hit. Yeah, I mean the tying run's not even. He's on the on deck circle, and so the the other thing is the fact it's a clear double. I mean he hits it, it's going to go to the wall, and Mm -hmm. you know he knows he's got two bases and he's going to be standing up at second in scoring position. So that's where you want to be. Um, again, with, with nobody out as the leadoff guy, uh, it's stuff like that, man. Just, it's just a lack of instincts or, or being smart, knowing, understanding the situation in baseball that we've seen Kiermaier have these, these things, you know, time and again, but you know, you, you, you love his hustle. You, you hate the fact that he, he sometimes uses it, uh, unwisely at the wrong time of the game. And, you know, Kevin Cash has reason to be worried now. I mean, look, we've talked about how. They got off to that great start, 14-4. and four. Of course, they, they won a bunch of series, including uh, against the Astros. And, uh, you know, they, they beat up on the Rockies pretty good. And, um, you know, there's some soft teams in there, a couple series against Kansas City and whatnot. But they were 14-4. and four. And, I mean, 14-4 and four is 10 games over 500. You take that. It's a great start, especially the way they did a year ago. Well, now they're 13-14 and 14 in their last, what, 27 games. And they have gone into a tailspin and lost a chunk – of games in the standings, six and a half uh, during that stretch. And now they're, what, two games behind the New York Yankees, I think, in the AL East? Yeah, that's correct. As the Yankees have won two in a row against the Orioles uh, Monday night and then uh, Tuesday night. Yeah, so, I mean, that's uh, it's not going the right direction. And we talked about this, you know, they're starting a stretch of 34 games in 34 days, and that is yep. taxing. And 47 out of, And 47 games in 48 days. I mean that's that's incredible amount of, uh, of of baseball with no time off, and you think about their you know their philosophy of the opener. They're gonna have another opener tonight. It'll be Ryan Stanick, I believe, that will go for uh, the Rays. Mm-hmm. But um, you know that that bullpen is certainly gonna be uh, mm-hmm. challenged and text and uh, uh, you know all well, that stuff. So and they're gonna have an opener on Thursday as well. They've pushed Blake Snell and Charlie Morton back to Friday and Saturday really? to give them an extra day oh. rest. Yeah, so here we go. Um, you know, can can the bullpen withstand that? Are they going to have to bring some guys up on the, the – I'm Durham, guessing Ryan Durham Yarbrough show? comes up either tonight or tomorrow. Have to, to be right? A yeah. yeah, and he's pitched very well since being sent down to Durham. Yeah. I mean, look, Jay, I thought Jalen Beeks did okay for a while, you know. I mean, he um, he had some he had some one, two, three innings, but he also gave up some. I mean, the Dodgers are a good team. They, they need to try to get one of these at the trop. Uh, of course, their last chance will be tonight, but uh, then it's on to Cleveland, and you know they only a quick home stand, and then boom, you're on the road for a four-game series there. So by the end of this week, man, uh, you know the Rays could find themselves much closer to 500 than they want to be, and uh, also further down in the standings. And right now, they're two games out of first place. So it's uh, it's time to. Time to lock it in, boys, and and you can tell. I mean, Cash is annoyed. You can you can really feel um, that he is uh, not happy with the way they're playing. Because I mean, just think about the inning they had in New York the other day on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing this team really doesn't have, particularly in, in your everyday players, 
is a veteran who's been there, done that. I agree. You I know, agree. They don't, you know, I'm wondering if they don't need a veteran or somebody to help settle them down. You know, you, you had. I kind of agree. You know, just kind of, you know, it almost feels like, particularly when they go against New York or Boston, they're pressing. And, you know, mm-hmm. you know the, the series at the Trop against the Yankees, they were very jumpy that first game. I think yeah, Dave, Dave Wills used that term, and it fits perfectly. You know, mm-hmm. they just seem, you know, from the, the right right away when Yandy Diaz, you know, botched that first ground ball, they just seem jumpy and, and nervous. And, you know, look, they're playing the evil empire, and, and it's a big mm-hmm. game, and you're top two teams in the division. You know, so they're a young team that's still learning how to to play and handle yourself as a big leaguer and win. And, and they you know, they've got some veterans like, you know, Avisel Garcia and, and others, but... Nobody that's really been there, done that, been to the playoffs, not necessarily win a World Series, but right. had had success beyond just you know playing 162 games, and to, mm-hmm. to really just settle things down. Yeah, I mean, you got Charlie Morton, but he's a pitcher. So to your point, you need to get an everyday player or a DH or something like that. Um, you know, the 08 team had a lot of those guys and. Uh, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, I was, I was noticing that uh, what the Dodgers are full of, of former Rays in their organization. Johnny Gomes mm-hmm. is the assistant GM. Yeah, well, Jim Hickey just got hired as a special assistant. He was in the, the ballpark right. tonight. That's right. So they've, they've got a lot of guys like that. But, but you know, the, you, you do. I, I would agree with you. I think they would be uh, well served because even though guys like Tommy Pham, you know, is, is what, 30 years old, 31, mm-hmm. whatever it is, he's not. You know, he's not had yeah. postseason success or mm-hmm. extended success in the major league. So I, I, I do think that there is a, uh, a definite sort of need to with, with the young club mm-hmm. that they have to sort of settle them down. Now, they do have one guy, and that's Matt Duffy. That's true. Who's been there with San Francisco, but he's out on rehab. And, and, and you know, if you're not familiar with sports and locker rooms, when you're hurt, you're not on the team almost. You're useless. Yeah, you I mean, you know, you may, you may be there during a game or a practice, but – you know, yeah. they focus on who are the guys on the, the roster tonight that are playing tonight. That's and, right. And that's really what the focus is. And when you're hurt, it's hard to be a leader in that. And, and especially when you're obviously away on rehab. And Matt Duffy now has moved up to AAA for his rehab to Durham. So getting closer, he can be activated on Monday, Memorial Day. I think that will really help him if he comes back, especially maybe settle some of the defensive down. You know, Yanni mm-hmm. Diaz was unable to play on, on Tuesday night and, and you know, um, not that he's been swinging a great bat lately, but but he is a guy you like to see in the lineup, and um, you know can play multiple positions for them. So you know we know the catching situation where they what use what six catchers already this year. Uh, those guys are still beat up. So they, you know they're hitting some adversity. Still waiting for guys like Duffy and Joey Wendell to get back. Um, but in the meantime, you you've got to tread water. You know you, mm-hmm. you really you don't want to lose that much ground. Uh, look at what the Yankees have endured, and when they get healthy, oh boy, because they managed to get themselves in the first place. Now, uh, wait till you see Aaron Judge and um, you know Giancarlo Stanton and all those guys start to come back. 
they're really going to roll because their pitching has just been phenomenal. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a real test now, and I think it's it's starting to um, you know show that it's wearing a bit on Kevin Cash, and now you know Cash is is uh, his message is going to be a little more stern to his ball club, and sometimes you got to give him the carrot, and sometimes you give him the stick, and um, I think right now he <clears throat> he wants to go to the whip a little bit because. He needs to wake these guys up before it gets uh, before it gets away from them too far. So with all the breaking Gerald McCoy news and Domicon Sue, um, a couple days ago we had a chance to sit down with uh, Chris Torello of uh, Spectrum Sports 360 and uh, always a welcome guest on this podcast, a popular one at that. Of course, he was fresh off the media game at the, with the Rays at the Trop that was uh, which took place, I guess, on Monday. But um, – want to play that interview for you now and recognizing that it was uh, just a couple days ago. Chris Torello joins us now from Spectrum Sports 360. And, uh, Chris, before we get started, I want to talk about the really big event that took place, I guess it was, on uh, Monday, and that is the Rays media game at the Trop. Uh, give me the highlights. I tried to follow this on Steve Carney's video on Twitter. I appeared that you had at least one hit. Are you icing the hamstrings now? Well, I'm in an ice bath as we uh, as we speak. Um, uh, you know, it's uh, pretty much my own uh, design here. It's overflowing, but uh, I can't feel anything if that's what you're asking. So, um, but yeah, it was it was fun. I went four for five, and uh, my team dominated. Wow. We, had a, we had a ten run seventh. Um, we we played the full sanction nine. To, you know, despite you know much of the, the, the WDAE crew crying about you know nine innings, it was it was a lot of fun, man. Uh, we. Everybody, we were. You know, what was funny was Rick was Clayton Kershaw because the Dodgers are coming into town. They started two gamer tonight, and Clayton Kershaw's warming up on the side, and we're all. What? And of course, we're he's warming up. They like the Rays had a couple. Anthony Bondas like out off there, off the know? mound, throwing off the mound over there. Yeah, the visitors yeah. mound over there. And here's the thing: if you know anything about the media member scouting report, we're all dead pull hitters. So I oh mean, yeah, we're all jumping it. And like a couple of the guys were getting close to to Kershaw. And I'm sitting there going, this guy's arm is like $200 million, and we're just free-balling <laughs> it over here, like just free-wheeling. We're just like, here you go, here's one, you know. Oh, my God. I was like, you know me, Rick. I like to, you know, I like, I have the technique. You know, I like to, you know, stick the foot out. I like to go to right center, you know. So, I mean, you know, I wasn't going to kill him. But, I mean, a couple of guys came close. And I was like, this would have made one heck of a story. So, but uh, oh, we were very oh fortunate. My. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing they didn't bring him in or you guys would have all struck out. But, I, you know, they, they should have put like a bullpen. Don't they have like a bat boy that guards the catcher down there that, you know, they, somebody, they put up somebody... a net. <laughs> they put up a net. Oh, they put up a net? Oh, okay. Well, that's, yeah, so. I mean, that's not, that's something at least. <laughs> so, uh, so now when you, uh, first of all, when you play these games now, like the one thing that would terrify me would be, uh, among other things, would be playing in the infield off that, off that turf. Do the married guys only play the outfield? I mean, I I don't think I'd want to play uh, anywhere near. We uh, we switched. The, we were switching. Really? You know, like we were we were we were really good. It was like a real beer league softball team. You know, everyone was smiling and you know, hey, good catch there, you. And uh, some of us didn't know each other's names. So, but uh, you know, mm -hmm. we went around and uh, you know, I played first. I dominated, of course, a couple scoops. But um, you know, it was fun. <laughs> you know, uh, we had a, we had a really good time and uh, nobody hurt themselves, which was. 
which was really, and they make you sign the waiver. So you're kind of like, okay, you know, if I was thinking about going 30%, now I'm going 25, you know, like we're going to, we're going to take it easy. This is a light jog on the treadmill at like a, a three, one, you know? So we're just going to, we're just going to pop that baby in the left and then just jog our way to first. So there weren't a sure. lot of legging it out to two, you know? So, but it was, it was a good time. So <laughs> what, uh, how hard is it off that roof though? Seriously? Like I've never seen a fly ball uh, from that, yeah. from that vantage point. Is, is it hard to follow it or not? Well, yeah, they actually put the blue lights on for us. Um, oh, and I'll okay. tell you well, what, then... even the, even the pop-ups over towards my way at first, um, that you could see them pretty well. Uh, so yeah. it wasn't that challenging. Um, nobody okay. really kind of misplayed it. A couple guys were tweeting on a couple of balls their way. So that was their fault. But other than that, it was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty well, maybe only 20 errors total. So it was a pretty clean media <laughs> game. If you ask me, <laughs> Bill, Bill Matthews scoring, I'm sure, uh, yeah. <laughs> at the trap like he normally does. Um, okay. Well, that's good. You're on the winning side. You're in the ice yes. bath. You got the candles going. This is good. Yeah. This will be a, uh, this will be one of our better podcasts then. There you go. Um, let, let's talk about the, the real Rays. We'll stay with them. And, uh, they, you know, they've lost now four of their last six games over the last two weekends uh, to, to the evil empire, the Yankees, up there. And um, they, they did it in a variety of ways. I mean, look, these have all been close games, but we yeah. know that doesn't really count for much. They're now no longer in first place in the AL East. They're still, you know, right there, of course. But uh, what, uh, overall, what was your impression of, uh, of the kind of weekend they had up there in New York? Well, I thought Friday night was just heartbreaking, you know, the way Alvarado pit, you know, and everything. And I just thought, you know, they needed to rebound. I thought getting that win on the 18th, the way they had to do that was very impressive. That was what, 11 innings. I mean, it was, I think they needed that one. And I think the bounce back after the Friday loss, that was impressive. And that was those low scoring, you know, and then, uh, you know, things kind of got out of hand on Sunday and, um, you know, you move on from that. So, uh, but you know, to me, to me, what's interesting is right now the Rays are, I believe one in, or excuse me, yeah, they're one in five at home against the Yankees and the Red Sox. That's mm. not good. You need to win these games at the trap. I understand you drop two or three up at Fenway or you drop two or three in, in, in the Bronx, but when you're yeah. at home, you got to win these games and, and you're going to get your fans there too. I mean, it was really, I remember fans were showing up and, and even when you go up to, you know, Fenway or you go to the Bronx, Rays fans show up, Yankee fans show up. It's people realize this is a good team on the road and they show up mm. for it. So, you know, they get to play in some front of good, excuse me, in front of some good crowds. And, and that's a, that's a benefit I think for, for the Rays and uh, we'll see what happens, but um, you know, they're hanging in there. The thing is now is the Yankees are getting healthy. You know, I mean, Stanton yeah. was p- playing last night at the Tarpons. It was a great deal. Eight, eight dollars. You get a hot dog, a soda, you get some <laughs> chips. It was a good deal, you know, to see a guy, you know, probably not do so well. But, um, you know, it's it's uh, you know, it's it, they're getting healthy. Didi was taking grounders, went two for four in a spring training game on Monday. So it's uh, it's interesting. You know, the Yankees are starting to get healthy. And you wonder, you Red Sox are playing well. What's going to happen? This is where we get into those summer months. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think they're in it for the long haul, but boy, it's going to be very interesting. If you're race fans, this is going to, it's going to wow. be tight all the way through you hope. So if you're, if you're a, uh, if you're watching the Yankees do this, what they've done without Aaron mm-hmm. judge, without Giancarlo Stanton, I mean, all yeah. you can think with that pitching staff is that when those guys come back, they're going to, they're going to dominate. They're already in first place, despite all those guys on the IL. Yeah. And, and you know, if I'm the, if I'm the Rays and there's, and if I'm a Rays fan, if there's any truth, to Dallas Keuchel, bring him in. 
Let's do it. Here you go. What do you want for one year? You want 15? We'll give you we'll give you the Charlie Morton deal. Here you go. Here's here's 15 million. Come into the trap. We need another pitcher. You know, I, I think the Rays got to start thinking about playoffs and they got to do it early. You know, I think teams wait too long until you get to July where you're like, oh, wait a minute. Are we sellers? Are we buyers? Are we going to stand pet? No, no. Mm. Right now. Be thinking about it. Right. How many catchers have they had on this team? Seven, eight, nine. I mm. mean, they I mean, they kept going right now with catchers. But they need to shore up the pitching. They need, you know, openers are great, but that that bullpen needs some work. You know, they need to really look at their uh, at, at their options right now because if, if the Yankees are going to get healthy, this is going to be a fun summer. But you're going to have to. It's going to be a chess game. You know, move, move, move. You're not getting Glass now back for what another four or five weeks, and then hopefully he's okay. So you're going to have to, you know, kind of counter the moves that the Red Sox and the Yankees are making up north if you're going to want to be in this. You know, I got a, a little Twitter spat with my friend Tom Jones. We used to do this all the time, but uh, and and apparently, uh, you know, I don't know what you thought of. They had that disastrous inning, you know, where they they gave up all those runs. They were in a five-five game. Should have been a five-three game if not for, you know, uh, an error and and they got you know they got in trouble there. But then later. Um, you know, you had Willie Adamas kick one. I mean, th- their defense, I don't know how you feel about it. I mean, I was calling over Willie. Does he have options? Can they send him down? Yeah. His throws, like the routine play, you never know where the ball's going. But then then Tom correctly reminded me he only has four errors. It feels like he's got 14. I, I don't I don't know what's going on at shortstop. Maybe it's the combination between him and Robertson. But yeah. how much do you think the defense is hurting them right now? Well, I remember coming into the year, it was all about versatility. We can play this guy at third. We can play this guy at short, this guy here. I think some injuries have kind of, you know, kind of said, okay, we're going to have to run these guys out in these positions, you know, but um, I think you're right. I think it has been a little bit of maybe communication. Um, Yeah, I actually, you know, sometimes you got to just, you know, you know, pop some, you know, 94% fat free popcorn and just watch a Twitter spat. So I was enjoying it, but you know, I think you're right at the four errors. I thought he had more. You know, so I, I, I had to actually, and I had to double check. I'm not saying I don't trust Tom Jones, but you know, he's in a different world now. You know, we got, Oh, I, I went, you know, I looked, I checked. Okay, yes. Good, absolutely. Good, good. You know, you know, it's fine. You know, Tom is a good guy. I love Tom. Mr. Tom is not unusual. You know, Tom Jones, I love him, you know, <laughs> but uh, you know, and uh, I, I love him, but you know, it's like, it's, it's like, man, really only four. So mm. um, I was, you know, and then I saw somebody tweet out that the Yankees had called, like, had optioned Willie Adams. The Adams, and, like, I was yeah. like, wait a minute. Like, I thought it was Willie Adams. And I was like, oh, God, mm-hmm. here we go. So, but um, I think the, the Rays are going to have to ride out some of the mistakes, especially the younger yeah. guys. So, and Willie's still young, even though he was a star last year to a certain degree. Um, uh, so, I think he's, he's fine. And, you know, listen, they're getting as much as they can out of some of these guys. So, I think some of them are stretching towards the end. They're going to have to hope guys get healthy and, and away we go. But it's, it's going to, but you're right. I think the defense has to shore up as much as the pitching. Well, they might get Joey Wendell back. Uh, Matt Duffy's yes. taking some ground balls at shortstop and uh, playing, I guess, in the, in the Florida State League uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Giancarlo. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, who knows? Matt, Matt's been hurt most of his most of his race career anyway. Yeah. So we'll see if that makes a difference or not. But uh, they got the Dodgers coming in. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, you could have done them a favor and taken out Clayton Kershaw, but that didn't happen. <laughs> this might be the best team in baseball right now, isn't it? Well, they've certainly got uh, the cases. I mean, they're hitting. I mean, and I think they've got their, their pitching staff has some – 
just has been really solid. I mean, they're, they're, this yeah. is this is somebody, you know, and it's like everyone at the start, you know, it's always like let the Blue Bloods take their time. Look at now Houston's playing really well. And yeah. you mentioned the Dodgers, and they've got some guys on there that can really swing. So um, just when you think maybe one of these big money teams won't come through, you know, that's why they pay the guys they pay. And, um, you know, now it's starting to kind of come through, but they got the young talent too. My goodness. So I hope the Rays, it's only what a two gamer. So I hope the Rays fans show up for this. This is a good game, good team, you know, um, two, two good nights in the middle of the week. And, um, you want to see good baseball, get out there and watch the Dodgers and hopefully the Rays can take a couple games and, uh, That'd be a really nice way. You know, whenever it's been good teams, they've made a statement the Rays this year. You know, except for that Red Sox series, they've made a statement. They've never laid down. So um, I'm looking looking forward to seeing what the uh, what they do against the Dodgers. Uh, two game series at home against the Dodgers at the Trop. Then they go to Cleveland for four. Mm. So by um, by the end of the week, we're going to find out something about about the Rays for sure. Um, let's talk about the Bucks. They're back at OTAs uh, today. Uh, the media will have a chance to be out there. We only get to see them on Tuesdays, apparently, every uh, week or so. And uh, the last Tuesday that we saw them a week ago, uh, Vernon Hargraves was standing over there on the sideline with Bruce Arians, who was uh, not in his golf cart at this time. But he was uh, he was not allowing him to play, and uh, that seemed odd. And so uh, you know, Arians was asked about it afterwards, and he said, well, you know, he wasn't ready to practice. What the hell does that mean? What do you, what do you make of Arians and, and what appears to be um, some motivational head games that he's prone to play? Well, the thing that gets me, Rick, is that Vernon Hargraves, who we met with, loves Bruce Arians. The fact that this is a guy who's already saying, hey, we're going to play you at your natural position. You know, we're going to put mm. you back out there and we're going to see what we can do with you. And then on top of that, yeah. they go ahead and they give him his fifth year option. I mean, no offense, but I thought it would have taken a little bit, you know, more to see before I go. Yeah, here you go, Vernon. Here's here's a nice little paycheck, you know. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I just but, you know, I, I've tweeted this out before the race. Uh, excuse me, the race. The Bucks are investing in guys who in some ways have still not proven themselves, you know, mm. and I'm not saying Vernon hasn't proven himself. Uh, you know, he's played, but at the same time, he's had some history of an injury and it's like, okay, you know, this was going to be a big year. And if I was Bruce Arians and I'm giving this guy a chance to play for a fifth year, I'd be like, Hey, get out there, play, you know, you're going to, you know, ease yourself back into it. You're going to make some mistakes, but let's get out there and let's just, you know, encourage, encourage, encourage. Instead he's standing there and he's saying to, and then he, then he has the, uh, you know, to go up to you guys and say, well, you know, he just got to get his mind right. You know, it's like, well, what do you have to get his mind right about? Is it is he not confident with his injury that he's coming that he's overcoming? Like, what is it? I, what, like, what does that mean exactly? And why don't you just go to the player? I'm sorry, but this is like Vernon's kind of the borderline part of that generation where I don't think calling anybody out via the media, social media is going to help anybody. That's just me, at least. I, I would rather have a private conversation and then just shut it down after that, you know? That's just my personal opinion about it. So yeah, apparently, apparently he he uh, I guess Vernon wasn't surprised before he went to us and and told us. But by the same token, um, you know he knew that we couldn't then talk to him when he said go talk to him, and which we probably yeah. will later today. But then I saw that Vernon um, just had one thing on Twitter last week about I'll do better, whatever that means. So we'll, we'll get a better idea. I think this is yeah. this is something he did in Arizona. With players, he would go up to them and say, "Hey, wait till you read the paper tomorrow," and and uh, and let them know that uh, he called them out. And uh, you know, he's all about accountability. But 
Um, just seemed odd that 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 was the guy uh, since he was so high on Hargraves. And clearly he's trying to create an edge in these guys. But that was – we're learning more and more about Bruce Arians, I think, as we go along here. And, no, I um, agree with you. I agree with you. And one thing is he wants underdogs. You know, he wants guys yeah. that are willing to – I know he mentioned, I think he said, you know, all we got to do is read the paper here, you know, and, like, he's made those <laughs> yeah. comments and, you know, like he's – and he said, you know, stuff like, all you got to do is go on social media. Like, I mean, he, he wants – he wants his guys to have a chip on their shoulder, and yeah. and I think maybe that's what it is, and maybe it's like you know what, all you need to do is be laser focused when you get out there, and if you could have that whole, if there's a bad article out there criticizing you, or if I said something, take that and run with it out there. So I think maybe that's kind of an old school approach. And you know, listen, I know you love old school, I love it too. It's just you got to be worried sometimes with some of the younger players, but we'll see if it works. These millennials are kind of sensitive. Um, I have to ask, uh, you know, a lot of news coming out of New York, Mike Francesa, that uh, what, what happened to the NBA and the lottery? It seems like the, that the uh, it seemed it seemed to me that the Knicks were poised to get to get the number one pick here. Uh, well, you know, I don't know if you read about it. It was in the paper. You know, I was, I was listening to it. You know, I was, I was reading it. You know, I watched it on the app. They got apps for these things. And uh, let me tell you something: the New York Knicks. Okay, this is LeBron bad, okay? Like when LeBron didn't come in 2010, you know, he sat there, did the dance, you know, you're going to come here, you're going to be MSG, special, special, you know, and then he said, I'm going to South Beach, you know, because, you know, it's warmer, you know, he likes South Beach. But, you know, it's just... I feel bad for the Knicks. I really do. You know, they're good people. James Dolan's a good friend of mine. Everyone else hates him, so naturally I like him. He's a good guy, you know. <laughs> but but the pro- – and he plays. He's in that band or whatever he does. But, you know, the thing at the end of the day is they're the Knicks, okay? Okay, the, they want to get Kyrie. He doesn't even believe the, 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 earth, the earth is round. He doesn't believe that. You want him on your team? You want Anthony Davis? He can't shave his eyebrows. You want him on your team? Come on, please. That's ridiculous. I can't, I can't get around it. I can't get around it. Maybe, maybe, maybe KD, maybe KD now that the Warriors are winning without him and he becomes a free agent, maybe he now goes to, to New York. Yeah, you know, and I think this is probably from a tweet, uh, an Instagram post that he did, but I'll say that it's from a sauce. Uh, I saw he said he might go to Phoenix. Could you imagine KD with the Suns? I, I mean, that would be incredible. I'm not, I'm not saying that I know this for a fact. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, my sources are telling me that he could go to the Suns. I mean, we wouldn't. There hasn't been a big star there since what Charles Barkley. I mean, that would that would be incredible if he played for the Suns. So we'll see. You know, New York used to be destination. Now it's not so much. And, I mean, you look at the way quarterbacks are being treated now. You look at the way GMs are being fired. I mean, I don't mm. know. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. Yeah, I would, uh, the, the train wreck now is, is the Jets, right? I mean, Adam, Adam Gase with the Gaze uh, is now <laughs> yeah, in charge yeah, yeah. of everything. Yeah, 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 right, Rick. I'll tell you, you're sharp, Rick. You're really sharp. Uh, what I'll say is this. I'll say this. I'm Rick from the Bronx. That's right, Rick. Rick uh, not Ira from Staten Island. You know, I don't. We don't need that. We're not. We're not doing devil's hockey today. But what I'll say is this. I'll say this. I, I listen. I have my. I know. I know Mike McCagnan very well. He's a good man. You know, I talk with him once a day. And and you know, and he said to me. He said to me. You know, he he calls me Mike. You know, he calls me Mike. And he says, Mike. 
I'm going to play it straight with the media when I got here. And I said, okay, fine. You know, there was only one other guy who did that, Tom Coughlin. You know, so very dangerous to just tell the media like it is. Very dangerous. And now you've got this guy. I mean, he doesn't even look at you straight, you know, Adam Case. <laughs> and he, and now he's he's rearranging furniture and he's making draft picks. He doesn't want Le'Veon Bell. Who doesn't want Le'Veon Bell? <laughs> so now Le'Veon's here. It's a, it's a complicated thing. They, they just signed a punter. You know, I think if Adam was in control, they would they would have drafted a kicker in the fourth round. They would have done it. If Adam Gase was in control, they would have drafted a kicker in the fourth round. That's it. That's what I believe. One oh seven back after this. You look you look (laughs) you look at the offense and I mean, (laughs) you know, you might need a punter, but Daniel Jones, I felt bad for Eli Manning in all seriousness. I I felt bad because everybody ran to Eli the first day of OTAs and they want to ask, look, I mean, what do you You've obviously followed his career, and he's yeah. not the best player, but they don't have a lot around him, Chris. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like he came in the same class as Ben Roethlisberger, who might be doing a new contract. Um, you, you know, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me that um, that all of a sudden they're, uh, you know, drafting this kid uh, at number six, and he's not going to play. I mean, he's going to play sooner than later, I would think. Yeah, I mean, it could be that scenario. I mean, people forget Kurt Warner was the uh, the starter the year that Eli Manning was a rookie. And then halfway That's through true. the year, Tom Boy, Coffin right. pulls him pulls him in and says, uh, you know, Kurt, yeah. I mean, you know, it's a good good for the team that we're doing well, but gotta go with Eli and uh, and all. <laughs> and then you know, Eli comes in, and I mean, what's great about Eli is is he's you know they, they didn't finish off with the best year in two thousand four, but then they you know they went yeah. eleven and five the year after. They spent their first three years in the playoffs with him as the starter, and of course the upset in 07. So uh, he's had a great career. I know the last few years, but boy, the way he handles the media, I mean, he'll take. Daniel Jones question after Daniel Jones question, and he'll give him a straight answer. You know, like the way yeah. Joe Flacco answered that Drew Locke question, which was not correct, the way he did it about, you know, well, you know, it's not my job to be his his mentor and That's all this. Right. Eli yeah. answered it the right way. He says, well, you know, I'd like to think over the last 11, 12 years, I've been somewhat of a mentor to everyone in that QB room because I'm older than them. And I think you have a responsibility in that sense. But it's still his responsibility to learn the playbook, and it's his responsibility to ask me questions. And I like the way Eli answered that. That was kind of like saying, now it's on him. Everyone wants me to be this mentor. It's on him. And he's he's been brilliant. Eli Manning always said he did it after Derek Jeter, the way he handles the media. And if, if nothing else, Eli Manning may have earned a, may have earned his way to Canton just the way he's handled that New York press. I mean, it's he's yeah. been he's been solid, you know, and I'm glad we're going to get to see him again this year. He looks trimmed up. He looks like he's worked really hard. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll see what happens there. Hey, uh, you are, of course, on Spectrum Sports 360. You had uh, a chance to sit down with uh, Demarcus Bowman of, uh, of Lakeland High School. Had an interesting way of announcing his college choice. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people around here upset. He chose uh, Clemson over the Florida Gators. And uh, it was really cool because it was a four-minute uh, thing that he put up on YouTube. And at the end of it, you see him playing in a video game in a Clemson uniform. And I'm like, what did you do that in? And he goes, oh, I did it on NCAA 14. And then we started talking about how he designed it. And then also oh, on wow. top of that, he's been like, man, I would love it if they brought that back for NCAA 20. I know they're talking about maybe getting the game back and maybe some royalties for players. And he said, I'd be all for it. All they need to do is put my – if they just gave me a, gave me the game every year, I'd be happy, you know. So, uh, you know, that I said, hey, that might not be a bad idea. If every player just gets a, gets a copy of the game, that's like $60, $70, you know. And, and uh, uh, but uh, he's, he was a great kid and he's just so down to earth. You know, some of these guys, you know, they let the recruiting go to their head, but he's the top player in the state. 
and we, we sat him down and, uh, you know, he led Lakeland to their first title since 06. So he's, uh, he's a great kid and we're going to have that coming up as well as a lot of other great features, uh, every night at 10 30 on spectrum Bay news nine. A lot of good players come out of Lakeland high school. Now, Chris, yes. uh, I just want to say, uh, thanks for joining us, but be careful now when you step out of that ice back, uh, ice tub, <clears throat> make sure you blow the candles, blow the candles out yeah. first. Yeah. Then get out of the tub, not the other way around. Oh, I'm telling you, we got the incense. We got a few French lavenders going here. <laughs> I mean, I had I took advantage of the weekend bath and with the bed, bath and beyond, bath and body works, whatever it is. I go there nice. every week. I just, you know, I say it's for my girlfriend. It's for me. It's it's for me. It's me. You know, but uh, and I'll tell you, I got like 12 different scents going right now. So uh, we're just gonna put some earth, wind, and fire on and see what happens for the rest of the day. So <laughs> you smell marvelous. Thanks, Chris. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Thanks, guys. My thanks to Chris Torello. Always fun to uh, catch up with him, of course. Hey, today we'll uh, probably get more news on Indomitian Sioux. Probably be signing a contract here in the next uh, 24 hours or so. We'll find out uh, just exactly when he'll be coming into one buck place. The Rays wrap up a series uh, against the Dodgers. It'll be uh, Rich Hill for the Dodgers against Ryan Stanek, the opener for your Tampa Bay Rays. And then uh, did you see this? The other day, uh, Steve, uh, big award, big honor, if you will, for Ken Erickson, the USF softball coach. He's going to be the head coach of uh, the women's softball team, Olympic, uh, U.S. Olympic softball team in the 2020 games in Tokyo. Yeah, that's pretty cool that uh, USF alumnus who's coaching the softball team now is going to be the Olympic coach as well. So uh, yeah, big daunting honor. task in front of him, as he said, uh, trying to uh, get through the international slate this uh, coming up and then you know finalizing the roster for the – the competition. I don't know. I, I haven't really followed, uh, you know, Olympic competition in terms of uh, softball. I'm pretty sure Japan's really good. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I think that that you know the fact that the games are in Tokyo, but uh, but hey, come on, you got to bring home the gold, Ken. Anything less than that, you know, we're, we're not putting pressure on you, but you know, we're expecting gold yeah. here. Well, the U.S. So, was the but, first team to qualify for the 2020 games, beating Japan in the uh, WBSC World Championship. Oh, there you go. So there you it was go. a 10-inning, 7-6 victory. This is your Olympic update here on Sports Day Tampa Bay podcast for the U.S. Uh, women's softball team for 2020 in Tokyo. So, yeah, congratulations, Ken Erickson. Hey, uh, remember, folks, now uh, I'm going to tell you, if you're looking for something to do with the kiddos, uh, especially this weekend or really any time, uh, you got to go see our friends up there uh, at Captain Mike's and, and go swimming with the manatees. There's really nothing like it. These are gentle creatures. You get right up next to them. It's a lot of fun. So uh, Captain Mike's is, is the number one customized manatee cor- tour company in Kings Bay and Crystal River, and you're going to love it up there. The water's always 72 degrees. It's getting so hot out there, man. I was frying at One Buck Place the other day. It's so, getting hotter this weekend. I know. It's going to be about 95. We're having, we're having a heat wave, a tropical heat wave. I'm telling you, it's brutal. So let's all go up and swim with some manatees. And uh, – you can do that by booking online at swimmingwiththemanatees.com or you can call 352-777-1796. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 